Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The dream is made real. Ricky BTR Boxing Podcast Network. I am your host, Sean, joined as always by Johnston for this week's big fight preview show. And on this show, we have Natasha Jonas defending her IBF welterweight crown against Michaela Mayer, who's stepping up to try and take that crown. And we also have Jack Cullen versus Zach Chelley. Jack Cullen spectacularly defeated Mark Heffron to win the British Super Middleweight title and Commonwealth Super Middleweight titles back on the Liam Smith-Chris Eubank card in September of last year against Zach Jelly, who ironically is getting this opportunity despite the fact he lost to Mark Jeffers for the English title, which is strange because Mark Jeffers is also on this card defending that title against Jermaine Brown. So there's a conversation, of course, to have about how that's all come about. But the main essence of this episode is about Tasha Jonas versus Michaela Mayer, which you know, people look at some of these fights in the women's division and can only get excited by one or two of them. And I understand that there's certain fights that don't always produce the quality that you expect out of an average fight. However, we have seen in the past few years the emergence of certain fighters that have really started to up the perception of what female boxing is doing for the sport at the moment. We've seen two great fights last year with Cameron versus Taylor. Natasha Jonas making her own slice of history and still banging the drum, even though she could quite easily retire with the accolades she's achieved. But yet she's defending her title against Michaela Mayer, who is looking to get another title and become a two-weight world champion. Since her loss to Alicia Baumgartner back down in the super featherweight division, She's since returned with two victories over Lucy Wildheart and Sylvia Bortot, and she is looking now to add the IBF title to her list of accolades in what I believe will be a really interesting and, albeit, I believe it's a 50-50 fight, this one, between Jonas and Mayer. So this is the main essence of the show, guys. Johnston, it's time to, of course, bring you in and just give your initial thoughts on this particular fight before we go into a more deep dive of their last few fights and how this fight could play out. 
Yeah, it's a good fight, actually. Um, do you know what? It's, it's a potential for um, a fight of the year. I ain't going to lie to you. I, I feel that, you know, these two are very talented young ladies. Well, I say young ladies. They are young, um, you know, in, in life sense. Uh, maybe not so much for Jonas in boxing sense, but they're, you know, they're two champions, former champions that um, are, you know, I feel that are top of their game um, and they deserve to, it's a good fight to have. I mean, if this was, even if this was if this was males, you know, moving away from female aspect, it's just a good fight in general. That's the point I'm trying to make. And and um, yeah, and I and I, you look at both fighters and what they bring to the table. Um, Natasha's obviously got the fundamentals from her amateur career and an Olympic career, and she's now transitioned that over to the pros very well after a bit of a dodgy start. And Mayo is uh, also uh, a very good fighter, great professional. Um, and she can sort of jump between a couple of weights and not frightened to face anybody. Wanted the Baumgartner rematch. Doesn't look like she's getting it, but she's moving on with her career, and she's fighting a tough operator in Jonas. It's a very close fight, I'll be honest with you, and I'm really looking forward to it, and I'm pleased that they're they're ready to tango, really. It is a good fight, and I'm looking forward to seeing what sort of game plans get adopted in this fight, because I think both of them, when they want to, they can stand and trade. And I think both of them at times like to stand and trade. Michaela Mayo, you think she's got the fundamentals and she's got the advantages physically over Jonas to be able to make it a slightly easier fight for herself. She could box on the outside and not have to engage with Natasha Jonas. But Jonas has this really good, strong left backhand. And as soon as she gets that through on her opponents, she seems to cause problems for them. And as a result of that... That's how she's been systematically breaking some of her opponents down and how she's eventually gone on to have the success, which a few years ago, we, we struggled to see how that might actually happen. I think there was a point in her career where we felt like she may underachieve having that amateur pedigree and being the Olympian and doing everything that she did before she transitioned. I think we felt there was going to be a point where it wasn't going to happen for her. And that goes all the way back to when she got the TKO loss against Vivian Obanoff and then she come back on a really good run. She had the draw against Terry Harper. She loses to Katie Taylor. But then since that loss to Katie Taylor in 2021, she's come back. She's then won the WBO World Super Welterweight title. She's then added the WBC Super Welterweight title. She then added the IBF Super Welterweight title to that. And then she decided to move back down to Welterweight and picked up the IBF Welterweight title in her last fight. So it's safe to say, I think, at the age of 39, she's well and truly achieved what we thought she may achieve in the sport prior to her transitioning to a professional and she's she's improved for me as well as a fighter she's improved them losses I think sometimes can define a fighter in in a positive way and I think they have for her I think they defined her in a positive way in that she improved she didn't make the same mistakes she got better in her professional standpoint and she was able to adapt and overcome the adversity that she faced and she's become a much better fighter for it even at the age of 39 I think this is one of if not potentially what the last fight she may have and I keep saying that every time she fights I think what else is there for her to do I mean there was a fight proposed with Clarissa Shields at one point in time and I think that was you know quite an exciting prospect for for, for fans in general but I think at this point it's like what else do I really want to see Natasha do at this point? Defending a title against Michaela Mayer would be a really good start. Again, if she was to able to do this, again, I'd, I'd, I'd happily say, do you know what, Natasha, you've done everything 
that I think everybody eventually expected of you. You're beating a young, younger fighter, uh, more of a, a fighter who's again expected to to go on and do great things in the sport and, and, and has done. And if she could do this in this fight and defend her title successfully, I think that just, it adds more weight to the legacy of Tasha Jonas and potentially there may be one more fight on the horizon for her before she does call it time. One of those big, big marquee fights that we've been waiting for with Tasha. But in general, I've, I've really enjoyed her career. Now, on the flip side of things, we've got obviously Michaela Mayer in the other corner, Johnston, who we have enjoyed starting to progress throughout her career. And, and you know, as she's picked up over the past four to five years, the turning point for her, for me, was probably in 2021 when she had that fight with Maiva Hamadouche, that, that brilliant 10-rounder where she won by unanimous decision. But it was such a competitive fight. She had the WBO title at the time, then picked up the IBF Super Featherweight title. And then two fights later, she fights Baumgartner in what was a controversial, some might say, split decision lost to her. And since then, like I say, she's changed divisions. She's gone up to the lightweight division and fought Lucy Wildheart. And then she's decided to move up to the welterweight division with the opportunity to fight Natasha Jonas. So I've given a little bit of an assessment for everybody listening and about their careers most recently what are your thoughts on on both of these fighters careers going into this major fight yeah i mean uh one thing i will say is ben Shillam, it's a good start to the year for him to uh stick this far it's a good fight to to kick start his uh promotional um side of things because he had a bit of a poor one last year so hopefully this can live up to expectations um yeah look mayor one of the best fighters, female fighters around in the game. I, I, I honestly believe that. And I think Natasha has proven that she is too. Ideally, I mean, only in 2021, what she lost that Katie Taylor fight, uh, very con- controversially and, um, hasn't been able to get that rematch. Um, I know she's obviously at welterweight, um, maybe a little bit tricky for that to happen now, but, um, it's a shame really she couldn't get that and it, it's just sort of a similar thing with Michaela Mayer who we felt beat Am Gardner or I know some people thought Am Gardner won it but I felt that Mayer had deservedly got that and I felt that she deserved the rematch and Bam Gardner since then has decided nope I don't want to fight her again so um, so you've got two girls here in Mayer and Jonas who have got you know I know Jonas has got a couple of defeats but those two defeats in particular Bam Gardner and the Katie Taylor defeats do stand out for me because you know they could potentially have won those fights and would have deservedly won them as well so you know you look at it that way and they're two huge names in, in the game and these are two very big names Mayo I still feel has got a lot to give I still think Jonas still has I mean it's, it's tricky is it she started so late but she's a very good professional a constant professional she obviously does her TV work as well and she does a decent job of that and whether she she sort of I felt like she was transcending over to that media side of things and eventually would hang up the gloves, but she's been persistent. She's maintained it, and she's taken those the skills that she had within the amateur side, and she really did work hard and bringing it into the program, which is something some fighters find it quite easy to do. But at first, it was tricky for her, and it would have been easy for her to turn around and say, "Do you know what? I'm done." Uh, but she didn't. She she got back to work and. And she proved a lot of people wrong. I mean, we said it a few times, you know, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the last one. Maybe this is the, you know, she wins this title. This is this is how it's going to end. And 
Well, look, 39, she still feels like she's going strong. Um, so, you know, it's gonna, only going to be the weight and the age that will eventually slow her down. It could be this one. I mean, we said it with uh, Baterviev. We did think it would be. This is definitely one where it could do because Maya is a, she's a challenge. Um, I would say she is Natasha's hardest fight since Taylor. They say you're as good as your last fight. Obviously, Jonas absolutely wiped the floor away. Uh, I thought she was really good, done everything really well um, and stopped her. Uh, and then you look at Mayer, again, a decent performance um, in her last performance, uh, last couple, really, since the Bumgarden defeat. So they're both in a good uh, flow. They're both confident. Um, I mean, I don't want to go too much into the fight yet, Sean, but I've got an idea of how I think it may play out. But I think the point I'm trying to make here is that these two are big names in females in the female side of boxing, and um, yeah, and it's just a good fight to have, and and they're both on a winning streak as well, so both confident, and I'm expecting it to be a good fight, and I think potentially a fight of the year contender. I wouldn't argue against that comment about being a fight of the year contender. I think it's it's certainly got the markings of doing it, and like I said, they both at times like to stand and trade and. Again, I, I can't really predict how this this fight's going to go, and you know I'm not a prediction specialist. I never claim to be one. Sometimes we get them right, sometimes we get them wrong. That's just how it works. Sometimes, if you're out there saying that you are a specialist and you pride yourself on saying you're a specialist, it's not because you're a boxing expert. It's just luck. It's sheer luck at times because boxing can change in the matter of a punch or two, and we've seen that many many times in the sport. So for me, I'm not essentially looking to predict, so to speak. But I am kind of feeling like my thoughts on this fight are that it could, again, as I like to always say, I try to give both sides of the, the argument for this fight and it can go one uh, of two ways. One way it could go is that Natasha Jonas's power really makes an effect on Maya if she lands that left backhand and she's able to get through in the same way she has done with previous fighters, then we're going to get to see the resistance again of Michaela Mayer and we've seen that against Hamadouche that was the fight where she really dug deep she went to the well she did everything she needed to do to prove to the world that she can fight and she certainly can and that's what would make it a really interesting fight if Natasha lands and causes trouble to Michaela is she naturally then going to go into fight mode in the sense that she's going to get involved in a slugfest a dogfest whatever you want to label it as it's you know she comes away from the boxing that might win her the fight easily and she gets involved and we get a really exciting fight, like a fight of the year contender, as you've rightly said there, Johnston. Or do we see the other alternative, which is we see a really polished performance from Michaela Mayer, who doesn't allow Jonas to get near to her on many occasions, and he's able to help box her from the outside. And, you know, she's wary of that left hand. She is able to make it an easier night for herself. Might not be an appealing fight to watch over 10 rounds, but it is not always about what the fans want it is about how you win that fight and it doesn't always matter sometimes how you win the fight if you're able to use your boxing ability to keep the other fighter at bay and make it easy for yourself I mean there's some fighters that made a career out of that so I wouldn't be upset or disappointed or surprised in any way if Mayer was able to do that against Jonas my heart wants Natasha Jonas to win this fight I'm not going to lie guys that that sort of fan in me says that I'd love to see Jonas win this fight and defend it and maybe have one more big big fight and then call it call it time but 
the other side of me, my brain, my mind says that it is a really difficult challenge for her. It is the most difficult challenge since Katie Taylor, I believe. And despite the fact that May has actually moved up in weight, I don't think that's too much of an issue. I don't think that fluctuation is going to be an issue. I think she seems to be she seems to be carrying the weight like Ayla Mayer. She seems to it makes it to me it's made her look a little bit more rock solid. So whether that actually then carries any power up with her and Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing. The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. She can stop Jonas in her tracks as well while she's trying to come on the inside and throw the left backhand. It's going to be interesting to see. It's It's been a tough one, and I've thought about it for a couple of days as to how this fight actually plays out, and I've got to try and take emotion out of it and think about, logically, who, who can I see winning this fight? And as much as I'd want Jonas to win, as much as the fan in me is rooting for Jonas to win, I've just got this feeling. I've just got this feeling that Michaela Mayer might actually go out there and negate what Jonas has and pull out the performance of her career and become the IBF welterweight champion. And I think if she's going to do it, I think she beats her over 10 rounds. I don't think it is one of those fights where I anticipate a knockout to happen. I could see it being a, a slugfest at times, but I can see ultimately Michaela Mayer being the one that has her hand raised at the end. She's got the ability to negate what Jonas has. And I think if she executes that type of a game plan in this fight, she wins it. Again, that being said, if Jonas lands on her, we don't know how that's going to affect Mayer yet. So there is all these different variables to how the fight could play out, but I'm going to say Mayer wins this fight. I think she wins it on points, Johnston. Yeah, and I think that's a great share. Um, look, I mean, Mayer and, and Jonas are both very good boxers. I think Jonas has got all the fundamentals there. She does everything really well. She's got a good jab, and as you've quite rightly pointed out, she's got a terrific left hook as well. That can cause a bit of pain and bit of really hurt her, her opponents. And when you got Mayo, who definitely has the ability to box on the outside and make it easy for herself, and you can see from her results throughout her career, I mean, how many has she won every round in? There's quite a few. But the difference is, is the level of opposition she's been fighting. And it's the same with Jonas. She's dominated fights because the level of opposition just hasn't been there. When there is a genuine 50-50 fight, that's when they lose rounds and that's when it's closer. 
And that's why I believe this is just going to happen in this fight. It's almost inevitable. I don't think May is going to walk away from it. I think there's going to be a time where Jonas is going to outland her. Uh, when you look at Alicia Bumgardner, for instance, when she beat Maya, the rounds that she won were by throwing two or three punches and getting out of trouble, uh, landing to the body, um, being better in the combinations than what Maya was. Literally landing your shots and getting back out again. Jonas has got that ability to do that. Um, the age factor is always a thing. It's always going to be with any athlete in life. When you hit the age of 39, no matter what sport you're doing, other than probably darts, let's be honest, maybe snooker, you know, even snooker people question that. So 39, you know, as an athlete yourself, it's, there's going to be a time when all of a sudden your body won't do the things that you want it to do. And we went through this with Baturbiu. Maya is the younger girl, even 33. You know, sometimes, you know, the one thing you will say is Natasha, although she had a highly decorated amateur career, she hasn't been through the wars maybe as such as what Maya has, like you've pointed out with uh, the Hamadouche fight, for instance. I don't think she's really had that. She had a tight fight with Taylor, but other than that, for me, I don't think she's had a real ferocious battle. So maybe, maybe the, the miles on the clock are a bit on her side. But when you look at it and, you, you know, Maya, I, I feel that, she did get caught a couple of times against Bam Garner, but then she would come back and she would put it on her. And I'm looking at that fight in particular because I feel that that's the style that Natasha needs. She might hurt her with a left. The extra weight, I'm with you. I don't really think it's going to make too much of a difference for Michaela. I'm guessing she probably walks around at this weight as it is. And she's always said that she was struggled when she was down a weight. And she said a couple of weights moving up is a possibility. She's a confident girl. She still feels in her head she's undefeated. I think there's going to be flashes of moments where it's going to be tight it's going to be either way um may will probably may i think may shade it on a split decision due to output i think she might throw more punches than than jonas and we always point out the two minute thing i still think world title fights should be three minutes for women 10 round three minute rounds i just think two minutes for someone that can punch regularly and out high have a have a higher output than the opponent I feel that that gives them the edge. And I think McKenna, I don't think she's going to get knocked out. I think anyone gets knocked out. So I feel that Maya might just get it. I think the home cards, again, no, Sean. I mean, we always talk about abroad. We're just as terrible over here in the last few years of our cards. You know, there might be a dodgy card here. I could see where people are scratching their heads thinking, how the hell Jonas has come away with a victory here. I think we'll probably get one of those shambolic cards where you're like, how have they seen that fight? And that may tip in the favour of Jonas, but I think all that's going to do is give Maya the split decision. And yeah, I'll give you... I'll, it's really tight though, Sean. I'm not saying Jonas is going to... I'm with you. I think Jonas can win this fight. I just think Maya is a better boxer and her high puts, uh, her output is higher. And that's why I'll go with Maya as well. Split decision on points. Well, one of the things that I need to mention here for everybody listening, if you didn't already know this, that apparently there is definitely a rematch clause included within this contract. And one of the comments I've seen from Maya was that I have to beat Jonas twice. That was a comment she said in an interview. So to me, what you're saying, Johnson, if you can kind of foresee something very close happening, the likelihood is that we will see this again. So as a result yep. of that rematch being in place, we probably are going to see this for a second time, despite what happens here. Unless either fighter knocks the other out in, say, two or three rounds, and it's it's, it's really emphatic and it's really one-sided where it doesn't warrant it. However, if it's contractually obliged to happen, then the rematch, of course, will happen. 
So we will see how this fight plays out. We both edge towards Mayer in this one, despite the fact we both feel like we want Natasha to win. Like, I do genuinely want her to win, I'll be honest. As a fan speaking, first and foremost, I want her to win. But doing this show, being objective in the show, I can see Mayer winning. And and that's the beauty of, of being objective rather than doing a podcast where it's just like, well, Mayer's going to win because she's this, this and this. And Jonas is going to win because I like her. Do you know, it's, it's, it's not one of those things. We've got to be objective here. And I think Mayer, for me, just edges it. And if so, then that rematch is is going to happen and we're going to get to see this again which is great for the pair of them I suppose it's probably going to be two great paydays for them as a result and you know there may be a, another title that ends up becoming vacant or is, is end up being able to be put on the line as a result so it may actually lead to something bigger uh, if the rematch is definitely going to happen so that is the main fight for us this weekend but the chief supporting fight that we mentioned at the start of the show was Jack Cullen versus Zach Chelly. Now, Jack Cullen spectacularly knocked out Mark Heffron in September last year, and he took the British super middleweight title and had the Commonwealth super middleweight title to add to it. And for me, it was one that I didn't really see coming, if I'm being honest. I think there's a lot of people that felt like Mark Heffron, this was his time. This was his time to sort of fulfill potential, whereas Jack just came in and completely ripped up the script, and he got a TKO in the third round in what was a, a really good affair between the two of them on the undercard of Liam Smith and Chris Eubank Jr.'s rematch. But when you look at Jack's career and you look at some of the inconsistencies within it, he lost previously to Diego Pacheo before he got in the ring with Hefron. He got stopped and outclassed by Pacheo. He previously lost to Kevin Lele Sadjo as well by TKO in the in the sixth round, a fellow undefeated fighter. But then he's got really good wins against the likes of John Doherty and uh, and Yildirim. And of course, he had that draw with Zach Chelly a few years ago. He got beat to figure the cash in 2019. So when you've looked at Jack Cullen's career, you've looked at him and gone, you know what, when he, when he sort of steps up to that level and he fights a, a big prospect, someone at the same level, if not greater, he's just not quite good enough to do it. And I think getting that victory over Heffron's put him in this position now where he, he wants to move on to bigger things and he wants to push back on again to, to sort of European level where I think he could probably set himself up for his career. I think it's obvious to us that based on his career, he's not going to be a world-level fighter, but he can certainly push himself to European level. But he's fighting a guy he's already fought and had a controversial split decision draw against in Zach Cheller, which is strange. And I said this at the start of the show, Johnston, how... Zach Chelly lost in an English title fight to Mark Jeffers, who is also on the card defending that English title. How he's jumped the queue ahead of Mark Jeffers to be able to get this title shot against Chelly. Whereas Jeffers beat Chelly in his last fight, and yet he's defending that title against Jermaine Brown on the same card. We've looked it up and we can't seem to find any logic behind why this is happening. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Did he... Does Ben Shalom think Chelly's a better draw in the Cullen fight? Does he think that's the better route to go? I mean, for me, you'd be looking at the guy who's essentially earned his opportunity by coming in at short notice and beating Zach Chelly and Mark Jeffers. I don't see why we're not seeing the Jack Cullen-Mark Jeffers fight. I'd, I'd much prefer to be seeing that happen than I would be to seeing this fight happen. Now, I know, obviously, they're all from the similar areas and they all, they all get on really well and... I know there's obviously some some issues with people who train them, and I, you know there's these things to take into consideration here. 
Uh, I think that's more than likely the reason why it is not being proposed. I mean, surely you'd put sort of friendship and trainers aside to be able to make that fight take place because how's Mark going to progress his career? You know, it just doesn't seem... To me, it just doesn't seem right in the grand scheme of things. However, I can understand when there's a conflict of interest going on. Maybe that's the reason why that fight isn't happening. And instead, Sacchelli gets another opportunity to try and beat Jack Cullen and take them two titles away. And then again, in the space of two fights, he's turned it around from a loss into becoming the British champion and Commonwealth champion, just the same way Jack Cullen's done. Yeah, and um, I've just done a little bit of research, digging a little bit further here, Sean. And um, so I found an interview here with uh, with Jeffers, and um, he was asked a question, posed a question, "What's what's happening here?" And uh, so in his, this is what he was told. He said Zach Chelly was mandatory to box Mark Heffron, but Heffron pulled out, and I stepped in. Even though he lost at English level, he was still in line for it because he never boxed for it. So you can lose an English title fight and get a British title fight. I don't really know. And that's what he, that's his words. He said, Jack Chelly's with Boxer, though. Um, and all fact is, I mean, Jeffers and uh, Cullen, he does say, we train together. Um, they are friends. And he's, he, he wants, obviously, Jack to win. But, yeah, so that was his take on it. And um, it sounds quite reasonable, I suppose. Uh, it's very unusual that... Uh, that it would happen, you know, even though you lose an English title, why should you be getting a shot at British level? It's very unusual, but I suppose the boxer element is probably the reason for it. But yeah, so that's what I found. I don't know, what do you think of that, Sean? It, well, it is what it is. I did suspect it was because they trained together and they trained in the same camp, but that could be an issue. But would have, there. Yeah. I would have thought that you could have put that sort of stuff aside, you know, for fighters to be able to get opportunities. However, if there is politics involved, which there is, and Zach Chelly never got his opportunity to fight, even though he was mandated to fight for it, it does make more sense now. But I still, logic says to me, if you lose an English title fight, why should you then be given the opportunity to fight for the British title? I mean, they're all regulated by the same boxing border control, the British boxing border control. So surely, surely that to me should have put Zach Chelly down the pecking order and Mark Jeffers should have automatically overtook him that way. Again, it's just boxing, but he's boxing politics at his worst, really. I would have liked to have seen Jeffers get the fight, despite the fact that they're friends, despite the fact that they train together, there would have been a conflict of interest, but... It's boxing. At the end of the day, you need to put your friendships aside. They're both in a position where they want to progress their careers forward. Mark hasn't lost a fight. Jack has lost four fights. Mark probably feels deep down inside confident that he could probably beat Jack. So I can imagine that maybe is a fight that will happen, but maybe it's one of them that they're trying to leave as long as possible. Maybe it becomes a bigger fight down the line. I don't know domestically. I, I don't understand the logic behind why that couldn't have just been made. But for Zach Chelly, he's been around for a number of years now. His father, Zach Chelly Senior, has always been banging on about how he's the best super middleweight in Britain, which, as we know, isn't the case. You know, that's the truth of the matter. He isn't the best super middleweight in the division in Britain. He needs to he needs to beat people. He needs to beat big names in the division. He needs to beat Jack Cullen on Saturday night. He then needs to go and avenge his loss to Mark Jeffers. He then needs to go in there 
and he needs to beat other fighters, other names. His biggest win is against Anthony Sims Jr., which was a fight we mentioned in February last year. We said it would be a big, big victory for him if he got it, and he did get the victory. So he needs to continue that. So if he was to beat Jack here, then that'd automatically set up a rematch, probably with Jeffers. Surely, surely that'd be the logical thing. But I honestly don't know who wins this fight because the first time round it was. It was albeit a little bit controversial. Many felt like Zach actually won the fight. Many felt that Jack deserved the win and it got called a draw. It was a, it was a very competitive contest. So I could probably see this being a similar situation, to be honest, from the last time round. I think Zach's a really durable fighter. Jack Cullen can be susceptible at times and Zach didn't really seem to make that much of an impact on him last time they fought. So I could, could see this going, you know, like picking up where they left off. That's what I'm trying to go around the houses to say is I think it'll it'll pick up where they left off a couple of years ago and I think we'll see a close competitive fight and I can't really say that I can honestly pick a winner for this one I mean if I'm gonna preference anyone who's got the potential to to win it it's probably Jack because I think his punching power has been proven time and time again that he can he can hurt fighters and if he can hurt Zach Cheller, who we've seen get hurt before then ultimately he could win this fight, but the same says for Zach. If Zach gets Jack with a with a good couple of shots, and he wins him or he hurts him or he's able to he's able to get through and and break Jack down, then it could I could go either way. Again, I'm going around the houses, guys, a little bit. I just what I'm trying to say badly is I think it could quite easily go either way. I think it is quite a fifty fifty fight, and it's a huge opportunity for Zach at this stage of his career now to pick up the British and Commonwealth title. But what do you think of it, Johnston, from from their last fight during lockdown? It was on one of the Eddie Hearn Garden shows, and I remember it being a really competitive fight, but I can see it kind of going the similar way again. Yeah, I'll, um, yeah, I do remember that one. I do remember the, uh, yeah, I remember they were all at the mansion. Um, yeah, I remember most of those fights, actually. It was it was nice to have it back, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was a tight fight. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, because I think Cullen, I've always enjoyed watching him, um, He's always been a, a, a just when I see him on the card, I'm always quite happy to to, to see him because I know what he's going to bring. You know, he's six three, and you, you expect him to just be a guy that works behind that jab, and he just doesn't, does he? He fights small and wants to get in there and and bust people up, and and I, that's what I enjoy watching him. Really, that's that's pretty much the reason why, uh, probably the reason why he's lost four fights in his career as well because of that. Uh, and Zach, yeah, obviously his last performance um, wasn't a great one and uh, we've obviously spoke quite a lot about that and it was quite an easy night actually um for Jeffers on that night in particular a uh, different different proposition for Chelly now obviously whether he was this English number one contender or in line for the shot and then he loses his he loses even though he lost because the guy pulled out who knows whatever all the bullshit is and the politics about it he's got an opportunity um can he I mean I'm I'm, I'm favoring Cullen I mean I do like with Zach um, I mean he, he he's a it's, I don't like you said exactly what you said earlier with, with Jack Cullen when he steps up to that world level he struggles I don't think Zach will ever get to that level uh, I know he's 26 I just don't feel there's enough there that I've seen of him that makes me believe that he will become anything in the world rankings and I know Cullen isn't gonna either and he's now 30 and the chances are very slim of the, him ever doing that. I think this is his the only opportunity. Probably moving on to a, a European tire. It's about their level. It's about the level of both of them. And I don't feel that any of them are going to get any further than that. Whereas Jeffers obviously may potentially, he could be getting an, given an opportunity because I feel like he's a better fighter. Uh, but look, Cullen, 
I just feel that he's just his last fight, you know, he got a knockout. I think he I think he knocks him out. I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna throw it out there on a on, on line here. I'm gonna say, do you know what? I know it's a tight one, but I think Cullen's gonna pull through his and knock knock uh Zach out and uh move on with his career. Um I'm just gonna throw it out there. I'm gonna <laughs> I don't know what else to say really. I just fancy Jack to do the to, to do the job and and land that killer blow. Um I know yeah, that's it. That's what I'm gonna say. Well, we'll move on swiftly from that and just mention a couple yeah. of the other fights on the undercard. We mentioned, obviously, Mark defending the English title against Jermaine Brown, which I still think is a really good fight for him. Jermaine's only lost two fights, and I think it's it's a good fight against a tricky opponent who has been in there with the likes of Zach Chelly and a Charlie Schofield. He's even been in there with Dimitri Chudinov. He's been in there with Sam Smith earlier on in his career. So he has, he has got a relatively decent domestic resume, and it will be a good fight for Jeffers to continue his career and make a defence of the English title. It's just a shame he's not the one sitting opposite Jack Cullen and, and fighting for, for the bigger name titles in the domestic scene. But also on this card as well, Johnston, is Aaron McKenna versus Linus Eudofia. Step up in class for Aaron McKenna now. I think it's 18 fights in. This is his 18th fight and it is about time he gets this, this step up, to be honest with you. He's predominantly fought most of his career fighting journeyman and now he gets this big step up against Linus Eudofia, who has been a, a, a decent domestic opponent for people like Kieran Conway and Denzel Bentley. You know, he's fought both of those guys and lost to both of those guys, unfortunately for him. They are the two losses on his career. But he has also got victories over Tyler Denny, who we now see has become a European champion. And he's also beat John Harding Jr. throughout his career as well. So he has got a a good resume and he's going in against McKenna who who has looked great absolutely great him and his brother Stevie look great so far and I think this is going to be Aaron McKenna's time to shine if he can beat Linus Udofia and do a number on him then he's really making a big statement I don't think it'll be easy if I'm honest I think this will go the distance and I think it will be a victory for Aaron but I don't think it's going to be an easy fight for him but it will certainly show that he's stepping up in levels on this particular night on this card. Also fighting on the card then is Carice Artinstall and Jack Massey making his return to the ring as well this weekend on the card. So that pretty much wraps up what is going on this weekend. There are no other major cards going on across the world this weekend, which it's a little bit of a quiet one after we've had a, a couple of interesting weekends before we get into February. And as we cross into February, then we start to prepare for the biggest heavyweight title fight we have seen for many, many years, Usyk and Fury. They're both in camp. There's some limited social media activity going on, so they're both really, really working hard, preparing for what is going to be a big fight. And we mentioned in our reaction show to the Paterbiev-Smith fight about, obviously, the card that had been announced for Joshua and Garnu. We talked about a little bit about Fury Usyk. One of the fights that have actually been added to that is Jaya Pattaya and Marius Bradis. So Jaya Pattaya is actually fighting Bradis in a rematch of their fight where Pattaya won originally the IBF title. So quite interesting that that's happening on that particular card. I think we've got Joe Cordina and Anthony Kakachi also features on that card, which is a really, really good fight also. So we've got some really interesting fights being added to that card as well. So I'm looking forward to the next few weeks and, and what that does hold for us with more announcements. And we talked about... Queensbury's five versus Matchroom's five and we've seen many people talking about it on social media about the five fights so if you've got five particular fights that you'd like to see Queensbury versus Matchroom 
I'd love to hear that as well from everybody. But as we said on the last show, we probably will go into that a little bit deeper as time goes on, as things start to get announced. But that is it for this particular episode, guys. Again, thank you for listening to the show. If you haven't listened to our Legendary Nights episode that's been released this week, it is out there, the tale of Sugar Ray Robinson versus Carmen Basilio. That was episode four. Episode five is out next Monday. If you haven't listened to the after show for Carmen Basilio and Sugar Ray Robinson's tale, that is also out with Luke, who kindly comes on on a weekly basis to cover his thoughts and feelings on all these tales that myself and Johnston have been covering over the past few years. So please do go and check that out. Finally, we will be bringing a Boxing Wishlist 2024 episode. Jamie Albrecht will be joining myself on that show to discuss some of the fights that we want to see, some of the fights that have already been announced, of course, and things that we always want to see changed in this sport. It always provides a good conversation so that will be out also within the next week but that is it for this episode please make sure you subscribe to us on any podcasting platform that you are on if you're on spotify in particular please do go and leave a comment below and let us know what you think about this particular fight preview who wins jonas or Maya? let us know who wins Chelly or cullen do go and let us know if you're on social media you can tweet us at btr boxing pod or you can message us on the facebook page uh, BTR Boxing Podcast Network or on Instagram or on TikTok or even on YouTube. If you listen to any of the YouTube content, you can drop comments below on that. All of it is always appreciated. But that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Big Fight Preview on the BTR Boxing Podcast Network. Podcast Network.